Amen. I want to thank uh, Marlon for sharing his testimony with us today. He is uh, here in this space. I'm not going to call him out, but if you see somebody that looks like uh, someone that was in the video, it's him, right? <laughs> so uh, thank you, Marlon, for sharing your testimony. We are, we are grateful. Uh, we are starting our uh, all-in series this morning and uh, just so excited about uh, this next series for me is what does it mean to be all-in for Jesus? What does that look like in our lives? So over the next five weeks, we're just going to unpack and uh, discover what that means uh, for each and every one of us. Uh, but before I start my message, uh, I, I want to uh, lead us into uh, a time of prayer where we center ourselves on God. So uh, this is going to be an audience participation uh, thing this morning. So what I want you to do uh, is to put your feet on the floor. Some of you put your feet on the floor. You like that? Your feet are already on the floor. Uh, where you're sitting, feet on the floor. And some of you have done this with me before, and I want you to wiggle your toes in your shoes. Wiggle your toes in your shoes. And this is a reminder that we are on holy ground this morning, that we're on holy ground then I want you to, to sit up just a little bit straighter, right? Sit a little straighter so your back is up against that chair. To know that your feet are on holy ground and God has got your back this morning. He is with you. And for some of you, he may be holding you up. You're in a season where you're like, okay, God, I, I'm leaning on you. And I want you to, uh, to again, you've got your, your feet on the floor. You've got your back firmly planted with God. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to open your hands. Open the palms of your hands. To receive what it is that God has for you this morning. And if you are at home watching us with live stream, uh, whatever uh, couch, chair, wherever you are in your home or wherever you are watching this, we want to encourage you to do the same thing because God is with us wherever we are when we call upon uh, his name, that he is here with us. So we're going to take just a few moments of, of silence in this posture to receive what it is that God uh, is saying to us this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, come. May you fall upon your people that have come to worship and praise you this morning. God, let the weight of your glory fall. Let the weight of your glory fall. God, we've come this morning seeking you, wanting to know you more, wanting to draw closer to you. And Jesus, we want to be all in for you, all in. And all in is different for each and every one of us. Speak to us this morning. Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross for each and every one of us and that you have forgiven our sins. And that we not only have the promise of eternal life with you, but life with you here and now. So we call upon your name. We call upon your name. 
And all of God's people said, amen. So this morning, uh, I'm going to be uh, spending uh, our, our time on uh, prayer, you know, and that's something we preach about quite often, uh, obviously, right, in, in, uh, in uh, church and in many messages on uh, prayer. And I just was in my prayer time thinking, God, you know what? How, how can you speak to me? How can I speak to this group of folks that you've entrusted me with to talk about prayer? So I'm really excited about uh, the different ways that God is working through me and is going to work through all of you. So we're just going to be uh, kind of setting up that framework of prayer where we see it throughout the pages of, of Scripture. Uh, we're going to spend, be spending time in the book of Philippians. So um, if you have not read um, the book of Philippians, I would encourage you. It's just, it's just a, a really quick read. But each day, maybe take some parts out of that during your devotional time to see how God is going to speak to you. So again, spend some time uh, in Philippians, and then I'm going to be in some other passages as well. So uh, again, talking about prayer this morning, and I thought, you know what, wouldn't it be kind of fun to open up with a joke? What do you think? Anybody ready for a joke this morning? It's okay to laugh in church. It's okay to laugh in church. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to cry. It's okay to do all these things. So uh, here, here this uh, cute little joke. Uh, Johnny had been misbehaving and was sent to his room. After a while, he emerged and informed his mother that he had thought it over, and then she said, and then said a prayer. He had said a prayer. Fine, said the pleased mother. If you ask, if you ask God to help you, you we will not misbehave. He will help you. So if you, if, you, if you ask God to help you not misbehave, he will help you. And, and Johnny responded, oh, I didn't ask him to help me not misbehave, said Johnny. I asked him to help you put up with me. I thought that was cute. So again, this morning, um, we are uh, putting ourselves in a, in a posture to fully understand prayer through the lens of history and how we can embrace different practices today. We learn so much from the Bible, uh, but, but I think sometimes we think, oh, that's what they did back then. That's not what we do now. So excited to, uh, to really uncover some of these spiritual truths. So Philippians uh, 4, 6 or 7, you will notice there's not going to be a slide up here, right? Because we've got amazing Amanda to watch her paint. So... Um, We'll, yeah, we'll get that to that one at the end. But uh, so just I want to encourage you as we're watching her, um, how God might be speaking to you uh, through her painting, through her work, but also through the words that I'm going to be sharing with you uh, today. For those of you that have ADD, it might be a tough morning, right? All over the place. So here are these words from Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So uh, in this, in this all-in series, uh, we're going to be looking at what did it mean to be all-in for Jesus in the early church? If we go back to the New Testament, what did it mean to be all-in for Jesus? Uh, Matthew uh, left his tax-collecting business. James, John, Peter, Andrew, uh, and many of the other disciples left their fishing nets. They left their fishing business to follow Jesus. And after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension, his ministry didn't stop did it. It didn't stop. Um, the kingdom grew through preaching and teaching, healing. Uh, Sean spoke about that a little bit ago. Healing, miracles, through fasting and prayer. And we are an extension of the New Testament. Jesus's ministry continues through each and every one of his believers and his followers. It continues through you. Can you say it continues through me? 
It continues through me. One more time. It continues through me. Yes, it does. I am so moved by this series and what it means to be a follower and a disciple of Christ. So for five weeks, again, we're going to explore the spiritual practices of prayer, of witness, of serving, of presence, and of giving. I, uh, I love this, this uh, sentence that I'm going to share with you. It's not what God wants from you, but what God wants for you. Uh, I don't know if sometimes when you come to church and you're like, oh my gosh, they want one more thing from me. They want me to serve. They want me to give. They want me to do this. No, no, it's not what God wants from you, but what he wants for you. And we're going to explore that through all of these different uh, elements. So Paul wrote to the church of Philippi, and it's considered a joy letter. Don't you love that? Don't you just love joy letters or love letters? And uh, they were a church plant uh, in today's terminology. That's how we would uh, classify the church at Philippi. And he wrote this letter of encouragement to them. I want to share a couple of verses with you um, from the beginning part, and it's a thanksgiving and a prayer that uh, Paul wrote. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with affection of Jesus Christ. What a a love letter and model of thanksgiving. Can you imagine what it must have been like to receive this letter, to share in God's grace? It's not just for us uh, and individuals, but as the body of Christ. And he says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to glorify and praise God. We remember uh, Paul is in prison, right? He's in prison as he writes this love letter. You see, man may be cut off from men but not from God, but not from God. Paul is making two points. To guide their love, he prays, again, for two specific things, to have full and complete knowledge and to have a keen awareness, a keen awareness of what is right and wrong. You see, some have knowledge, but they lack discernment. And some are so heavenly-minded that they're no earthly good. And Paul prays for knowledge to know right from wrong. Paul is interceding and praying uh, for them. And we pray a variety of different ways. We pray uh, corporately like we do in worship. We pray for ourselves. We pray for others. And he continues in his letter saying, again, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests before God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word anxious in Greek means to uh, be pulled in different directions. Hope pulls one direction, right? Hope pulls one direction, but fear pulls the other direction, which results in us being pulled apart. You see, worry is the greatest thief of 
joy. I want to share a, a story with you. <clears throat> this was last month, and um, my daughter's friend got accepted to a ministry school out in California. And she said, Mom, could I drive cross-country with her uh, to, to get her out to her destination uh, out at Bethel Church in California? And I said, sure, you know, what an opportunity to be adventurous. You know, you're young, and, and how fun to see the country. And it was kind of a quick trip. Um, but, you know, I said, my gosh, you've got my blessing, and, you know, how exciting to go through the different states. And so uh, I don't know how many of you have this. If I'm speaking to some parents out there, there's this app on your phone called Find My Friends. Some of you are shaking your head. And so there's a couple of us in my family that we share locations. So I can watch her. I'm like, okay, she's in Nebraska. Okay, she's in Denver. Okay, she's in Salt Lake. And I'm watching her as she travels across the country. And then also, too, I have her itinerary. You know, they were very responsible. They, they knew where they were staying, you know, what their stops were, where they were getting gas, all that kind of good stuff. So um, I prayed with her and her friend before they left and just, you know, prayed blessing and safety over them in the car before they headed out west. And so she was real good to check in with me, and uh, it was exciting to see the places that they were going. And there, uh, she was flying out of Sacramento back home to Dayton. Never mind you, at 11.30 at night is what time the flight gets in. Who's going to go get her? Yes. So uh, again, so, so uh, flying out of Sacramento. So the, the night before, they stopped in Lake Tahoe, which I've heard is just gorgeous. Some of you may have experienced it. So stopped in Lake Tahoe, and then they were going to get up in the morning, take her to the airport. So I'm watching on the app. I'm like, she's still in Lake Tahoe. She should have left by now because I'm thinking, you got to get on that plane, right? Got to get on that plane. And so I text her, and I said, hey, just checking in. What time are you leaving for the airport? Mom, we're doing fine. we got plenty of time. And you know they're trying to take in the sights. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I just hope that she doesn't miss the plane. So I, I see that they're moving and they're headed in the right direction. And all of a sudden, I get a text. Mom, we've got a flat tire. And I said, oh, you know, my mother's, I'm like, this is why I was sick. And I told you, you better allow time, right? And thank goodness the Lord, uh, I felt his favor was so upon them because they were in the mountains coming out of Lake Tahoe and they were in a populated area. So this was a huge blessing. So she says to me, her friend has called AAA to come fix the tire and then she's got a plane to catch, right? And she's like, and I have called Uber to get me to the airport. Oh, my Lanta. I start to go into mom panic mode. And so I happened to be at home uh, that Tuesday working on my sermon. That's my sermon day. And uh, I just stopped, and I just prayed, and I'm like, Lord, please, I just lift both of these girls up. I, I pray for protection over both of them because they've been together the whole way, and now they're apart. They're separated. And to me, when you're separated, you're a little bit more vulnerable. And uh, she's getting into an Uber, right? She's getting into an Uber by herself and in California. I can't just go get her. And so I'm just praying. I'm like, Lord, I just pray for protection over her, and I pray for a good Uber driver. Lord, I pray that you would send her an Uber driver that is going to protect her, that's going to keep her safe, and that's going to get her to the airport. So I'm praying, praying, praying. And uh, so again, I'm on my, you know, on my phone, and I see, okay, she's moving, and she's moving towards the Sacramento airport. And I'm like, oh, she's going in the right direction, right? So she gets to the airport. She texts me, Mom, I made it. I said, great. And, you know, she's running around at the airport. And she says, you know, I made it. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I felt like I was in the car with you, you know, the whole time. And so she said, I'll call you once I get settled. So she uh, gets, you know, all settled at the airport, checked in. She calls me. She's like, Mom, you're not going to believe my Uber driver. I said, tell me. She said, he was a pastor. <laughs> I said, really? <laughs> Isn't that something? 
So I just love the way that, that the Lord provides. And again, just to, to stop and, you know, just fall to your, to your knees, right? And I just prayed, Lord, send her somebody. And boy, he did. And he said, Mom, she pre he preached to me the whole way there. I'm like, fabulous. <laughs> Which she could have probably preached right back to him, would be my guess, uh, the way that, that the Spirit is just working and moving in her. But uh, just such a great story of an answer to prayer. You see, when we look at uh, prayer through the lens of the Old and New Testaments and what it meant to be all in, we see how fasting and prayer are often linked together. I don't know if you guys notice that when you're in your devotion time, when you're in your prayer time, but a lot of times it's fasting and prayer. And I know that some people still fast, but it's not a big practice um, among a lot of Christians. I want to share some passages uh, with you. This is some from the Old Testament, so Daniel 9, 3 through 4. So I turned my attention to the Lord to seek him by prayer and petitions, with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Oh, Lord, the great and awe-inspiring God who keeps his gracious covenant with those who love him and keep his commands. And then Ezra uh, 8.23, So we fasted and pleaded with our God about this, and he granted our request. And, and then we see it in the New Testament as well in Acts. When they appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And then in Luke, we hear a bit of Anna's testimony. Uh, there was also a prophetess, Anna, uh, daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after marriage and a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple complex, serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. And, and then in Matthew, uh, there's this section of how to fast. I love this, how to fast. So, you know, the, the Bible's given us some instruction. God says this is how you do it. It says, whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive, so their fasting is obvious to people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that you don't show your fasting to people, but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. Now, just to kind of give you a little bit of context for this passage, uh, the Pharisees, they would fast twice a week, and they did it to impress people with their holiness. That's not, what fa that's not what fasting is about. They did it to impress people with their holiness. It was to show off. It wasn't to grow closer to God. Jesus um, is saying, don't be obvious like the Pharisees. Take a shower, right? Wash your hair, um, you know, put makeup on your face, shave your face, don't draw attention to yourself, keep your routine and don't draw attention. So this whole oil, that would be like us shaving or putting lotion on our face in the morning. Um, so keep your routines because this is between you and God. So we've got all of these um, accounts of fasting, right? All these accounts, we see the Old Testament, the New Testament. And so clearly it wasn't a secret, right? It wasn't a secret. It's in there for a reason to teach us about the value of fasting. And so um, we know about it, and God wants us to know. So it's not to boast, but to rather to teach us. I feel as uh, Christians, and I'm just going to say this, it's okay for us to talk about this because we're not going out into the world saying, oh, look at me, look at me. But how we share with one another how God is speaking to us on those days or on that day that we fast. So fasting doesn't change whether God hears our prayers, right? Fasting, I want you to hear me this morning. Fasting doesn't change whether God hears our prayers, but it can change our praying and makes us more receptive to his guidance. Anybody want to be more receptive to his guidance? Oh, every day, every day. 
So again, it doesn't change uh, the way that God hears our prayers, but it changes our praying and makes us more receptive to his guidance. It can be a part of our spiritual growth if we allow it. It can take our, our focus off of the world and our distractions and centers our focus on God and fosters a closer walk with him. Discomfort allows space for the Holy Spirit to move. Discomfort allows space for the Holy Spirit to move. It changes up our routine. And I think some of us get in prayer ruts, so to speak. It's not very biblical, is it? But we do. We kind of get in ruts, and we're kind of not sure. God, you know, are you there? Are you listening? I'm not sure I'm saying the right thing. And it changes up our routine. We pray, Jesus, less of me and more of you, and I will decrease so that he can increase in me. So, so uh, we've had this debate, uh, we often had it in, uh, in some of my seminary classes about fasting. Like, oh, I'm going to fast from social media. A lot of people like to do that during Lent, Lent, Lent. Um, fast from social media, um, from TV, maybe certain types of food. But biblical fasting is from food. And, and a lot of my professors will say, this is it. Fasting, it's got to be from food. <laughs> we uh, live in a hurried, fast-paced world. Culture tells us that we've always got to be hurrying and we've always got to do more. I don't know if any of you feel that way. And, and, I, and I think sometimes in our conversations with people, um, we, we have to glorify ourselves or say, oh, I've got this going, I've got... No, God doesn't want us to be always hurrying, to always doing, but to sit in his presence. And God says, slow down and come and sit in my presence. I want to invite you to, uh, to join me uh, for this next five weeks as we go all in for Jesus and add uh, a new spiritual practice. Some of you already may be fasting and some of you may not, but I want to invite you to a new spiritual practice. Remember, it's not what God wants from you, but what God wants for you, what he wants for you. So I want to encourage you <clears throat> to pick uh, one day out of the week, just one day out of the week, uh, that you're going to fast for the next five weeks. And I want you to be intentional about your prayer time reading of scripture. It could be the book of Philippians. Again, this is where we're going to spend some time over the next five weeks, reading through the book of Philippians, uh, whatever, your, whatever your rhythms are. Uh, and pay attention to what's going on around you and how God may be speaking. Uh, Marlon uh, spoke of this uh, in his testimony, having an open awareness to how God may be speaking to you. And if you're somebody who journals, write these things down. I've started to do this. Capture the way that you're seeing God, the way that he is speaking uh, to you. Now, uh, the way that I'm going to do it is a liquid fast. I don't want to get into all the details of all of this, but I believe that we need fluids, right? So I'm going to do have a liquid diet uh, to make sure that I stay uh, hyd hydrated. So the reality is we work, right? A lot of us go to work Monday through Friday. So you'll have to figure out what that schedule looks like at work. And somebody may say to you, you may have a, a coworker that you typically eat lunch with, maybe a, someone that you have become friends with, and they say, you know, why aren't you eating? They're going to notice that. And I think it's okay to say, you know, you're on a spiritual fast. That's not boasting. You're not being a Pharisee. You're not doing it to show off your holiness. But what a great way to witness and to testify. We're going to talk about that next week is uh, what it looks like to witness. But to testify to how God is speaking and working uh, in your life. And then I would love to hear as we do this together stories uh, that you may have of ways that God's speaking to you. So please feel free to uh, share those with, with me. Um, we're meant to live in community. 
right? We are meant to live in community. Uh, and God is working in us, around us, and through us. And the more that we can share, again, stories like Marlon, uh, to be able to share his story, we've all got those stories. So again, as we em- embark on this, uh, this fasting journey, let's, uh, let's pay attention to in- what God's saying and lean into him uh, during this time. How many of you uh, have your smartphone with you? in the service, so it's okay to have that. So um, we're going to do a little exercise. Something else that I want to do for this All In series is uh, we're going to have a memory verse. Don't you feel like we're back in VBS or maybe even Sunday school? It is so good that we are able to have God's word in our hearts and our minds uh, to be able to memorize scripture. So what I want you to do is um, I hope that you all have the church app on your phones. Do you want to go into your church app on your cell phone, um, or when you get home, if, if you've just got it on your tablet, you want to do that. So we're going to go into the app, and you're going to go on uh, Sunday worship. Okay, everybody with me? Sunday worship kind of looks like this. And the second thing is sermon notes. So you can put in sermon title if you want, but key Bible verses. This is where we're going to put our memory verse. Each week we're going to have a memory verse. So I want you to go ahead and put uh, this address, so to speak. Uh, You got your phones open? You ready to type? It's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. That's going to be a memory verse for this week. That's going to be our memory verse for this week. Are we able to put that up on the screen? Just for a minute. Okay, so did you find that in your sermon notes? I put this in here a couple days ago. It's still in here, so that's a, that's a good thing. So let's go ahead, and we're going to practice this. Let's, uh, let's say these, these words together this morning. Why don't you join me? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I want you to, to, in your fasting time, in your prayer time each morning, and and reality is, you know what, we've got our phones with us like all the time. And so this just is a quick thing. You know what, what's the verse this week? What's the verse this week? And I want you to memorize as best you can, or at least paraphrase um, this this passage from Philippians. And I'm going to tell you how God's going to bless you through this. How many of you at times, and you don't have to raise your hand because it's all of us, get stressed out, we have anxiety, we have fear that comes over us, you know, like when your daughter's in California and the car breaks down, (laughs) right, and she needs to get in an Uber with a stranger, Um, to have this memory verse come to your mind, and God is going to speak to you in that moment. He's going to say, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. But in this situation that you're in right now, in prayer and petition and thanksgiving, Give it to me. God's saying, give it to me in this moment. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, is going to guard your heart, and it's going to guard your mind. So we're going to, uh, uh, again, covenant to, to have that memory verse uh, this, this week that, that, that we're in. So again, each week uh, we're going to have a new one, and they're all going to be in the book of Philippians, uh, and it's going to be absolutely uh, fantastic. And again, uh, it's a way that we're all in and knowing God's word. See, God desires to be in relationship with us, to draw close to him. And if we draw close to him, he draws close to us. And that happens through spiritual practices, through coming to worship, being in that prayer time, being in his word, being aware of his presence in our lives. 
We're going to enter into a time of communion. I don't know if anybody knows, but today's World Communion Sunday. How cool is that, that uh, all around the world, as a body of believers, we are gathering to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for each and every one of us. So I want to enter into a time of prayer as the band comes. I also want to invite uh, those that are serving communion, uh, if you would come forward at this time as well, uh, just to prepare uh, the elements. So let us pray. Father, we come before you. God, we thank you for this time and our desire God, is not just to go through the motions of just coming to church, but God, being your devoted followers, to being all in for Jesus. God, we thank you for the table, for the bread and the cup. God, this this remembrance of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for each and every one of us. God, I pray that that your Holy Spirit would bless the elements of the bread and the cup and that that, that you would also bless those of us who receive these elements, God, that we're changed, that we are changed through this meal. God, we just thank you for this time. And we come before you now to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples. Won't you join me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In the early church, they gathered for fellowship. They gathered for worship. They fasted. They prayed, and they broke bread together. You and I are a continuation of the early church. The story didn't end. The story didn't end. It continues. And one of the biggest ways that we are all in for Jesus is to remember the sacrifice that he made for each and every one of us through the table. In the United Methodist Church, communion is open for all to come and receive. We have gluten-free elements uh, here in the center. Uh, The ushers are going to come and dismiss you by row. So come and feast at the table. The table is set.